Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. Yeah, baby. <laughs> My name is Chris Lambert. My name is Travis Bean. And I mean, this is a special day that only once, sometimes it's once a year, sometimes it's once every three years. You don't know when it's going to come. You don't know why it's happening. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> but when it does happen, you know it. You're ready for it. And you're into it. It's the release of a Kanye album, and this time, it's Donda. Yeah, it finally, you know? It's been over a year since Kanye announced it, <laughs> and uh, blew through the first release date, and then blew through three other release dates. So the fact that we finally have the album and can listen to it is incredible. Yeah. And it's going to be nice doing this first uh, rundown with you in terms of like initial thoughts. We've been texting about the album a lot, but we haven't actually had to have a gotten to have a phone call yet to really get into the details of just like what songs we're liking, loving, right. like odds and ends. Yeah, getting into some of the the release day madness, like the the fear that we all had that Kanye was going to pull the album. Uh huh. <laughs> Which you know there was about a solid hour or two where I seriously <laughs> thought that was about to happen. <laughs> I'm still not convinced it won't happen. You know, it could he could do a, a reverse Life of Pablo, right? Instead of adding songs, he just takes songs down. Yeah, exactly. Until the whole album's gone. If he pissed Kanye off, he's like, you like 24? Too bad, it's gone. Out of here. Believe what I say? <laughs> Don't believe what I say because it's gone. Yeah. Believe nothing. First lesson of the world. <laughs> he changes the track title to Believe Nothing, and then it's just like four <laughs> minutes of silence. Oh, God. Could you imagine if he just had one album where, like, when things happened, he just kept updating the songs yeah. to, like, reflect whatever mood he was in? You say that, but I feel like someday Kanye's just going to keep pushing the boundaries of music and albums, like, and he's going to get really experimental, and he is going to release, like, an ever-evolving album that he just updates, like you said. I'm here for it. I if think he wants to do that, yeah, I am... I'm down to listen to it in every version of it. <laughs> it would upend what this show does. I don't know how we would cover it. So I guess we'd be <laughs> infinitely just following the changes and talking about them. Yeah, which would be great. Sure. I, it's my, it'd be what I did from now on, I guess. <laughs> okay, so speaking of infinite changes, uh, we finally have a final version of Donda, right? 
like what we heard at the first listening party to the second listening party to the Chicago listening party and then the album itself which version are you happiest with yeah yeah <laughs> uh this is like a weirder question for me i think because like i really loved being involved in the madness of the listening parties and like the updating track list and i really do like the atmosphere and the community where like you pick the album the version you like and like you latch on to the versions of songs you like and what what album narrative you like and all that um but i just like what kind of gives me so i like what we yeah. have <laughs> okay. I, I will say that when the 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 second listening party for donna i had the fondest memories of and i really loved the flow of that and i was really excited to dig into that structure of the album and figure it out but it wasn't like i i understood what connie was doing at that time like it was all just an initial reaction and so while this album wasn't what i necessarily wanted from that standpoint like i wanted to go back to that moment of the second listening party where it felt so transcendent and like i felt like i was vibing to it um yeah. i think i i've moved past that like i don't even really think about that now when i listen to the album like i'm very much into what connie gave me and trying to figure it out yeah I, i'm in the same boat as much as i like at the end of the third listening party i was feeling sad because i was like oh no the second <laughs> listening party seemed like the ideal version right and then what we ended up getting i was like no no this is right <laughs> like, right this feels right to me this feels good to me um like hurricane being at the end near the second listening party not the very end but near the end felt more appropriate for that flow of songs at least at that time mm -hmm. um but then hearing it now with the structure it does fit better to me like up top right, right. um because having that stretch from like lord i need you pure souls come to life if you tried to put hurricane in there i feel like it would just maybe be a little too much right i agree <clears throat> mm. um okay so we're both happy with it yes mm -hmm. oh yeah I, like yes yeah I, it's um because for me it's like maximal like, we always talk about my beautiful dark yeah. fantasy being maximal the life of pablo is a weird fusion because it's definitely doing more in terms of scope and scale i think than what yeezus did right like yeezus being right a 40 minute album yeah is that what it is like 40 uh, and yeah the, some 40 to 45 yeah and the life of pablo being like 20 songs just very massive in kind of s scope and scale but then a lot of the songs end up being kind of quick right, right. two minutes like two and a half minutes that you kind of feel like you're getting a, a collection of short stories right in a sense within an album where this is truly Kanye's magnum opus like this is his largest body of work that he has ever put out and it's intimidating i think it's like breathtaking and just the fact that like you cover so much ground between tracks one through 23 but it also feels very like cohesive to me in terms of what it's looking at what it's dealing with how the soundscape uh kind of moves and evolves it's just such a impressive and perfect work to me yeah it's um i mean this episode this 
having this episode before we jump into the season is good. And and I kind of requested this because I think Chris was ready to jump in and start talking about it. (laughs) I I really do need some time to wrap. I need one more day to wrap my head around this album. A, because my mom was visiting this weekend and like we went to a concert last night. Like I've had a lot going on um, and I haven't had, I, I hate saying this and I hope this doesn't get me written off, but I really haven't had time to just sit down and listen to it front to back. I I did yesterday have a period where I listened to most of it on one okay. sitting and I really enjoyed it, but I, I literally have not been able to go from song one to song 27 without stopping yet, <laughs> which I don't even know if the bonus songs really count for that, but I, I, I haven't even gone from, you know, Donna chant to no child left behind yet. So I'm hoping to do that today. And I feel like that's, that's been kind of a, that's been the part where I haven't been able to get my footing with this album quite yet is I agree with you. Like I see what the album's doing holistically. Like I can step back and look at every track. Cause I've heard every song on the album and yeah. I know what Connie's doing on each of them and mm-hmm. I can see the general vision. Um, but because this album is so long, easily his longest album, I think it's an hour 25. Um, if you don't include the bonus songs, if we're calling, if we're even calling a bonus songs, I don't know. We we yeah. have to dig into the narrative still. Um, but if you're just looking at those, like that's his longest album. I think College Dropouts an hour seventeen, and so this would be longer than that. And it's way longer than the Life of Pablo by like you know twenty minutes, uh, probably close to twenty minutes longer than my Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. It's so much, and in that sense, it is his magnum opus. But um, because it's so long, it's really hard for me to get a grasp <laughs> on what it's doing. It well, I have a grasp on what it's doing, I think, but like I don't know if it's doing it well. And it's Kanye West, so it, he probably does do it well technically. Like if all the pieces are there, like he did a great job. But I think that's a different story being able to make it from beginning to end and feeling it and vibing with it the entire time and feeling that message build and build and build. I haven't been able to experience that yet. <laughs> so this this episode's good because this is our initial reaction and that has been my initial reaction. Uh, but I think yeah. by tomorrow I'll be a little more ready to t- get on your level, Chris, and be able to talk about it, you know, with that anal- analytical brain. That's right. You just need to hopefully have some time tonight, like an <laughs> hour and 25 minutes where you just yeah. sit down, headphones on. <laughs> I will do that because uh, uh, I'll be <clears throat> doing a YouTube video, ranking the silence and everything. Beautiful. Yeah, I got uh, I did that last night and people did not like my rankings. <laughs> people won't like your rankings no matter what your rankings are. I know. <laughs> I know. And, you know, it could demoralize you seeing everybody be like Larissa Lambert's or there's a reason why Lambert starts with an L. But at the same time, I'm built for tough. That's so right. I'm not going to I'm not going to let the, the negative comments change the fact that I have God breathed in my top three. You know? <laughs> uh, that's God breathing your top three. That's a controversial opinion. I guess so. Yeah, because everybody wants wow. to like, come to life in the top three. They want uh, like believe what I say in the top three. I think people like are vibing with believe what I say. Um, what you call it? Come to life, and I guess those two is like the top two, and then it's kind of like. A free for all for some of the others. I mean, I love both of those songs, but it, we have another case here where, like, 
all of the songs are so good that it's really hard to like that that's the other thing is why i'm excited to dig into it is i i when i step back and like don't even think about the narrative this album feels a little bit more like what i think we get a lot more these days in hip-hop like really long albums lots of tracks like this is what like Nicki minaj and and drake you know like they release these albums of like a shitload of features and like uh yeah. like they're looking to like get a lot of songs to chart so and i feel like this is the first time we've gotten that from a connie album like 27 songs and all of them dominated the apple charts and like all of them have crazy features on them like it's so cool to see that and and i know every song sounds good like i really do like the sound of everything like i love all those ambient textures and like how like the drums have been removed and they really like steep in the space and everything like i i dig the sound of this album and and the song on every single the sound on every single song it's just again you know the cohesiveness that i'm wondering about oh yeah it's uh it's there baby oh i'm sure it is <laughs> I like was... connie always it's always there of connie I was just looking it up. Drake Scorpion had 23 tracks. Ooh. Yep. And I people might have uh, saw me get excited when you mentioned like 27 tracks earlier. And yeah, I do think the part twos are all just kind of like people wanted these versions. We made these right. versions. Let's just throw these on there. I feel like it's different than the life of Pablo yes. with post Silver Surfer. Um. Like it feels like those songs are still really individual and relevant to the whole album rather yeah. than just being like, oh, we had these made. Let's just throw them on. We're like, this is literally just repetitions. Right. Um, but that does get it. Like I can already start to see myself getting into an argument with myself. <laughs> and I truly don't believe this at the moment. But the idea that it's like no child left behind and then Kanye is like pulling these songs out that our uh remixes is like no song left behind you know again not an actual theory well maybe not that maybe not that <laughs> yeah yeah uh no. but more like i i, I do <clears throat> think the listening experience is very much wrapped into this album and like i i feel like all of all of that is going to color like how i look at this album and like what connie must have been going through as he put this album together so like those songs kind of are part of it at least in that way like they feel of one like and if you think about it like that yeah they've been part of the album experience but they're maybe not like part of the the narrative of the final the final album right um what were you doing when you i mean do we want to talk like okay do we want to get into more thoughts on the album like specific songs that are jumping out to us things like that or do we want to talk more about the day the album was coming out let's talk about when it came out that's always a special time okay so i you what time did you go to bed saturday night um so i was up i was watching a movie i watched the reminiscence have you seen that movie oh no how how was it (laughs) I watched it with my mom and uh, her fiance and and Lauren. Uh, It was, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I don't want to say it was bad, but it was like, it felt like a cheesy 2000s, like sci-fi thrillery kind of thing where like, it's very philosophical and has these like really like head in the cloud thoughts. 
um, never really realizes them, I would say. But like all yeah. the thoughts are there and it's it's kind of like I enjoyed it in that sense that it like I was like, oh, yeah, I, I remember watching these kinds of movies. Like it's weird to see this kind of like movie and it's new, you know, but it also I wouldn't say it was good. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, by the the couple that did Westworld for HBO. Really? Yeah, they wrote it. Hmm. That and surprises me. I would expect it to be like way crazier. Yeah, it seems like they just uh, Lisa Joy directed it. Okay, uh-huh. so she's one of the she's one of the writers, and then I don't know if they co-wrote it. Okay, together. I for some reason the Wikipedia page is under a ton of other. So written by Lisa Joy and directed by Lisa Joy. Okay, so it's just her thing. Yeah. I loved Westworld, but the last season really, like, seemed bad. And then this did not seem like a, a return to form. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I enjoyed it for, like, some reasons, but not mm. for the reasons that I watched a good movie or something. Anyway, yeah. okay. um, that's my wholehearted endorsement of that. So, anyway, <laughs> went to bed, woke up early uh, before anyone else, and basically looked at my Twitter the second I looked at it like everyone's talking about you know the boo Instagram saying like it's been delivered the album's coming blah 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 so I just get ready I I get ready for it I'm like refreshing Spotify like talking to people on Twitter and finally I see it and start listening to it and for the most part I think the track listing's pretty similar to the last listening party right yes there's a couple songs added I think but I mean, it's mostly the same. Um, I actually never looked at the track list for actually, Chicago's listening party. Let's see. Let me pull it up. Oh, there. Down to track list. So at Chicago listening party, let's see what the differences are. Um, oh, Television played early. I don't uh, even, how did you even find a track list? I'm using the that Don to trackless tracker, the spreadsheet. Oh yeah. So Jonah moved way up. That was towards the end. Um, yeah, that's right. For the most part, though, it's it's there. So, and not many songs were added. It looks like. So actually, it's mostly the same. A few things like Ruga was taken off. But yeah, mostly the same. Anyway, so obviously I was like already prepared for like the flow of the album um mm-hmm. well uh, uh, kind of because at the listening party you can't really hear anything that well so yeah right <laughs> i at least like knew what song was where and then this was the first time settling to the flow of it and i think i started listening to it that morning and i probably got through like i probably listened to about half of the album sitting down here and then uh my mom's fiance got up and i felt awkward and I had to go upstairs um, oh yeah so <laughs> it was a lot of that throughout the day where like while my mom was here i couldn't do much but as soon as she left like i was squeezing in listens of stuff while trying to do like you know house stuff and and uh running errands and all that crap um so it was kind of like it was a strange day because like i was both trying to squeeze in like listens of random songs like and interact with people on twitter and my text messages because that's always a fun part of a Kanye release is like the people yeah. I always text <laughs> and like the because like I you know I have you and Jordan and like now we talk to Cole like I talked to Anna about it 
uh, my friend Christina complains about Kanye and I just sit there and listen to her. Like that always happens every time a Kanye album comes out. So like all of that was happening throughout. It was a very chaotic day for me and I never really like got to fully listen to it. And that's what it was like for me. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> what a release day. <laughs> A little different than like Ye and Kitsy Ghost where oh, yeah. Jesus is the King. Where I was just like, I was home and like just listened to it like <clears throat> over and over. Yeah, like continuously. In an hour, you could listen to those albums yeah. three times. Exactly. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Um, so when I was going to bed Saturday night, there was a, a post that came up on uh, West Sub Ever from somebody saying that they had inside information and the album was going to come out the next morning and they even had the track list and it just felt real right like other people have been saying that kind of stuff and i never believed it but for some reason there was just something about the tone of this one the timing everything where i was just like all right i'm pretty sure when i wake up tomorrow the album's going to be out right and um i ended up not falling asleep easily and then waking <laughs> up around 9 a.m and seeing like text messages from you and cole you and jordan um text messages from a couple other people just being like it's out it's out it's out and then checking twitter and seeing some of like your reactions um and i just put the album on i have my like uh airpods next to the bed and i just put my headphones in put the album on was overjoyed just to see it appear and could click on and it did say this this album is it available in your region or whatever it's been saying yeah <laughs> every time i try to click play and just starting like hearing the donda chants i was just so happy and i got to spend like the full time just laying in bed eyes closed listening to the album i think at one point i just started I woke up a little bit more and started tweeting some opinions as I was listening to things. Mm -hmm. But it was nice to be able to get that first listen in all the way through. Um, and then I've been doing the same thing as you for the last 24 hours, right? Like just for a little bit of time, like I'm doing dishes, put headphones on, listen to a couple tracks, um, taking the dog for a walk, listen to a couple tracks, like driving somewhere, like, oh, I'll go like pick up some stuff and listen to a couple tracks. So I think at this point, I've heard the album all the way through four times. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's <laughs> that's a six lot. Six hours, <laughs> like six hours of listening. Yeah. That's in 24 uh, hours. <laughs> yeah, you mean, you're totally right. You can listen to gay six times or five times in the time it would take you to listen to Dada. Like it, it's just such a behemoth. Yeah. And then trying to get into then what we do, like preparing yeah. for the lyrical analysis, like is there a concept? Is there a theme? Um, I've still very impressed with everything, but it does feel very different to me than 
other Kanye albums. Mm -hmm. Like, especially because we were starting our My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy season before this came out. And everybody historically says My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is Kanye's best album. And it's just kind of different hearing the contrast between his approach on that album and his approach on this album. Right. Where My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is so full of music instrumentation that's really dominant and then you have a lot of the uh, verses that are very professional is not the right word but Mm -hmm. they just feel very much like perfect like perfected for what's going on in the song right um precise i think that's what i'm thinking of and you just have this very theatrical album where there's something about this where I feel a larger sense of space. Um, the songs aren't as instrumental. Like mm-hmm. there's not as much musicality going on throughout. I mean, you definitely have moments where the music is like dominant, but I feel like you're not getting the same kind of musical experience as graduation, college dropouts, even Yeezus in a lot of ways. There's a sparseness to this that feels very much in line with the minimalism he had been uh, working with on Ye, Kitsy Ghost, Jesus is King, that it seems like he's kind of mastered. I'm finding myself drawn a lot to the vocal performances and finding a lot of melody and musicality in just how people are delivering the choruses or the flows on a verse uh thinking very specifically about like the flows uh by kanye and uh fivio mm-hmm. on off the grid right or just thinking about what roddy rich is doing on pure souls um in terms of the chorus and then even the last couple songs that kanye's on like lord i need you and come to life where he's just singing right. the majority of the time and you're not getting a lot of the instrumentality. People have been comparing Come to Life to Runaway, I've seen on social media, in the chat last night. And they're so distinctly different in terms of just how much Runaway, I don't want to say is carried by its uh, instrumentation or whatever, the production, but Come to Life is so sparse in its production that comparing the two or thinking about the two relative to each other is really funny to me because they really are indicative of the soundscapes of each album and what makes each album i think distinct and powerful so it's cool to see the comparison between a song on this and something like runaway but it's uh, it's a very different kanye album to me and not one that i would expect to love as much as i do yeah i know what you mean um thinking about my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and and like you said even Jesus, an album that is minimalist in the sense that like it creates a lot of space and just plays with a few sounds where this donda's minimalist in the sense that it's sparse because it's not using like a lot of like overlapping sounds or anything like it's not impressive in the way my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is where it's just like these dudes got in room and just showed you how awesome they are at mixing sounds. <laughs> Where Donda is, as I noted from the very first listening party, it has a very ambient feel, which is something I, yeah. I latched onto immediately, 
even in the listening party where like you couldn't really hear things very well, especially the vocals. So I was really just kind of immersed in the music. And that was what I immediately picked up is the lack of drums and how, how, um, how little sound there is, but that's the trade-off here is like, yes, it's very sparse, but the sound is also maybe more full than any other Kanye album. Like there really isn't much space going on here. Like you would see on Yeezus or even I think in parts of my beautiful dark Swift fantasy and the life of Pablo where like you can tell where the sounds are coming from and like they're bouncing off each other. Donda is like full sound like throughout, like it's, it's not a lot of change and transition um, tonally. Like you will, there are shifts in the music and like, you can see like those ambient textures, like moving in and out of like, these like movements happening which is pretty typical for ambient songs um but it's different in the sense that it's not driven by drums there is no structure like we're used to in hip-hop the the song structure isn't as easy to to grab onto and understand like i think we're used to with like radio and just like more classic hip-hop um this is much more in the vein of people like frank ocean and tyre the creator like where we're seeing them go with their sounds and how there is more of a reliance on this like resounding presence of the music. And you're totally right to point out that because of that, like a lot of the songs are driven by the vocals and it really makes you pay attention to what people are saying. And and that's an interesting part of this is with ambient music, you don't usually have that because there aren't usually vocals or the vocals are really buried and it's more about creating a mood and atmosphere. But Connie is really taking it up a notch by, having that mood and atmosphere like by having those ambient textures but now we're adding like verses like we're adding all of these people's different kinds of flows and we're seeing people with completely different styles rapping over these ambient songs it's it's really cool and it's not something i'm sure plenty of artists other artists do do this kind of thing but not really any that i'm aware of um, I know someone pointed out to me that JPEG Mafia does it, which I can see, but I still feel like there's a difference with what Kanye is doing. And I mean, as you're noting, these a lot of these songs are like epic, like really long, like dro- and and these droning textures are in the background, like last a really long time. It's so atypical yeah. for what we're used to in hip hop, and so I think it's difficult. I would say it would be difficult for people to find their footy with this album, but I think for the most part, people seem to really like it and be digging it and maybe it's because Kanye did tap into you know what frank ocean has been doing and people are already moving in this direction and ready for the step for hip-hop to take um so i'm going to be really interested to see how people you know it do people stick with it like does Kanye keep this up is this like a new <laughs> era of hip-hop where we can expect this from more music I, I mean i would love that because like i said i love the feel of this album and 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 I I love those ambient textures and I I'll just live I'll live in these songs like I don't mind that they don't move in the way we're used to with hip hop like I I like just uh, being part of it and and being in that aura and everything, which I never really have. Ooh, that's that. right, yeah. <laughs> um, for the most part, I like when songs evolve and the more instrumentation that's added, removed, changing. Uh, appeals to me more than just having a singular concept that is kind of repeated over and over again. That tends to bore me a lot, which was one of my issues. And maybe this isn't a fair criticism. It's been a year since I've listened to it. 
Um, but thinking about Donald Glover's last album, mm-hmm. I just wasn't that into a lot of what the production was doing because it felt a little static to me right. rather than dynamic in the way that the albums that I like are. So that was one of the things I was worried about on this. And it's one of the things that I've been wondering why, like Jesus Lord should right. be something <laughs> with how it's singular the production is that I'm just like, oh, I I get bored by it. But coming back to the the idea that a lot of the emphasis on this album is on the performances right it you just hear kanye's verse and jay electronica's verse and they're so infectious that it's hard to not just get into the flow of what they're doing and focus on that rather than focusing like the music almost feels like aftermath to me sure um well the same kind of thing when i think about okay okay like believe what I no oh, believe what I say is probably the most musical. Yeah, that I love that. Uh, uh, you were saying well. Well, y- you pointed out how like the music can feel secondary, and that's literally like the definition of ambient music. Like mm. Brian Eno like coined the term ambient, and he said ambient music needs to be as interesting as it is forgettable. So like <laughs> it really does need to just be there. And um, it's it's just there and has a single sound to put you in a specific place. But once you kind of move past that and become part of the music, you start to notice all the things it's doing, which is, again, the interesting twist here is that uh, most ambient songs are like really long. You know, some a lot of ambient songs are like 15, 20 minutes long. There can be entire albums that are just one song that are like, you know, 50 minutes long. That's and, what I want Kanye to do. That's my dream Kanye <laughs> album. No I, joke. I think we're getting it someday. Um, but it, it, but within that, because you have that, you, you kind of have like the initial sound, like the the um, the idea that's there of the music, and then you like feel it evolve over time. It's not as easy to do with a three minute song, you know. That yeah. ambient sound is kind of there, and it's forgettable like brian Eno says like it's it's just something that sits there but the interesting twist here is kanye is using that with vocals and hip-hop like it's not something that's typical for ambient music so like you're saying like the all that movement that we're used to with that kind of music instead of it being instrumental and driven by like synths or like piano like we're used to of ambient it's driven by voices and all of these people's different flows and all the different ideas being conveyed and it really is a different approach for Kanye and it's going to make our job way harder because <laughs> we're not used to Kanye <laughs> doing this and we really have to tap into like what he's going for. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when we got to interview the world famous Tony Williams uh on the show but also for a podcast and just talking with him uh, for the for Forbes uh, mm-hmm. and talking with him, he talked about how like Kanye was thinking about how he could use a sample of somebody for a song, but then he could also just use Tony Williams, who had a voice that was of that generation, but had modern aesthetics and modern touches and sensibilities to it. Mm-hmm. And that Kanye often looked at voices as another instrument and looked at the people he was bringing in as other instruments. Right. So I wonder if he's just kind of escalating that to this point of like, all right, this is what this person's giving me. This is what this person's giving me. 
and then cut Soldier Boy because uh. <laughs> Soldier Boy didn't work as a as an instrument. Yeah, I I think you're right. Like especially at a song like Believe What I Say, like that song's just driven by like the choirs are the music. <laughs> like it's yep. it's so cool how he's using people's voices to create melody, like you pointed out. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about like how full this album feels but looking and the comparison to the life of pablo but of the 23 songs that make up the what we're suggesting is the main body of the album there's one two geez okay in the first 10 songs there's only one that's over five minutes yeah there there's two sorry two yeah okay two and then you don't get another one until track 17 with Jesus Lord. Yeah. And then at the very end, it's pure souls and come to life. So only five of the 23 songs are over five minutes, but I guess it's still like a decent amount. That's that is a album. lot. I would say the life of Pablo probably has like ultra light beam. And if I'm thinking about just the beginning part of the album, I think ultra light beam maybe i don't even know if fml or wolves are over five minutes so i mean maybe they're both close but ultralight beam wolves is 501 okay just barely and then 30 hours uh no more parties right and saint pablo yeah so it ends up with five yeah but 30 hours does that count i guess it does yeah for sure um but yeah you're totally right i was just thinking that too looking through all these songs they it's just maybe the songs feel longer because the album's so long and you just think like oh the songs must be long but it is like a lot of songs (laughs) just packed in and like a lot of ideas being conveyed it's just this album's probably more intimidating than a kanye album's ever been or at least has been for a while and you know it's it's really tough to wrap your, your head around that many songs yeah, and I think for people interested in the concept, uh, we're going to get into this more in our initial, like, okay, this is kicking off what we're expecting for the album, but it does feel like Kanye is uh, dealing specifically with the divorce, I think. That's the thing that's been mm-hmm. jumping out to me the most. Um, it comes up on Jail, it comes up on Hurricane, uh it tends to be like a focal point of believe what I say, mm-hmm. I think. And then getting into that last run of songs from uh, Lord, I need you pure souls come to life. All seem really focused on like post divorce Kanye. So I feel like uh, this album is kind of 808s part two in a way as Kanye's reflecting on like what went wrong and like coming to some conclusions about it and using the divorce as uh, a a launching off point for Mm -hmm. some self-reflection and some character growth and development. And we talked about it at the last listening party. It seems that there's this idea of starting off in jail and then ending with being free, but the pros and cons of what that means. Um, and this idea of like coming to life and your soul being purified in a way, which is what makes something like Jesus Lord. Like, do you know someone that needs Jesus? 
like so it's starting off in this place of jail and ending in this place of purification redemption no child left behind so it'll be interesting to dive in more uh to the structure of everything yeah i think broadly you're right that's definitely there and the thing i'm probably most excited about i mean this album is called donda and yeah it's funny because i this time through i thought it was when i was listening to this album and you know after the third listening party i was like oh this feels like it's stepping away from what i thought the album was doing because we had like all of those sections of the album where like Donda was speaking and she says, never abandon your family, like over and over and over. Um, I was really thinking like this album is about Donda and for Donda and Connie thinking about Donda, but it, it, that's a really, I think simplistic reading of it. And I feel like it's transcending that a bit and it gets into what you're talking about is that it's not just an album for his mom. This, is an album about Kanye and where he's at. And his mom yep. just has so much to do with that, especially when he has to think about this new life he's going to be living where he's not married to Kim anymore. Yet she is like, she's the Donda on earth. Like she's the mother of his children and Donda putting everything into perspective. Like that helped me click into this album a little bit more that it doesn't have to be this something I think we're used to in hip hop or just like, you know, a song about your mom, <laughs> you know, like a Hey Mama-esque thing where it's like so clear in what it's doing. Like this to me is much more complicated than that and requires a, a lot closer of a reading from me. And, yeah. and I'm really excited to get into it. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, there's going to be a lot to dig into with that because Donda is very prevalent right with the donda chance um with donda being track 15 which i think is the start of act two mm-hmm. i do think the album's kind of divided into two acts with act one ending with heaven and hell and it does feel fitting that you would start with donda chant and then start act two with donda but even thinking about some similarities to the fact that kanye's parents got divorced when he was three years old and his mom went off on her own and now Kanye's at a similar point where he's like has to go and do this life on his own now and what's that going to be like but then as you're saying Kim also is kind of in this Donda position now of the kids are primarily with her right um and we saw at the Chicago listening party right? That he's definitely thinking of home and his childhood home. And this idea that we were just talking about of purification, the fact that he was going to set the house on fire, but then ended up just having the room where he or the stunt double uh, caught on fire, Mm -hmm. but just the symbolism of catching on fire and usually part of like the Phoenix or the rebirth story uh, and coming out of there and then encountering Kim in that like what looked like a white dress, right? Right. Um, and it's something that you could view as either a marital reconnection 
or just a spiritual reconnection. You could view it as a connection with Kim, a connection with Donda, just this idea of being redeemed, like an angel coming down and saying, like, you're new again. Right. There's just a lot to start to get into uh, that we're going to get into. But oh, I yeah, wait. I think you're right. It goes It goes beyond just being like, this is about my mom and grief <laughs> yeah. about my mom. It's like to... the album I would make. Like, oh, it's not about my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about this with 808s too, that a lot of people think of 808s as being about Kanye's like mom passing. Yeah. And when we did our analysis, only one song on the album can really be attributed uh, well, to like coldest winter you can say is about his mom's passing and Pinocchio's story definitely gets into mm -hmm. his mom's passing but for the most part the album's about his relationship ending it's just we know that the breakup and the grief from the breakup is underscored by the grief of his mom dying and i think it's something similar to this where like his marriage ending there's something with him starting to process or connect with his mom's passing in a way that infuses the album, even if a lot of the songs aren't specifically about uh, his mom. Yeah, completely agree. <clears throat> and when you think about it that way, like I'm sure as we get into the lyrics, like more will be revealed, but you can look at the album at like that, that it's ideologically infused with something and that it doesn't necessarily need to be this like, oh, look, like this connects to this, to that. Like, it, it feels ethereal in a way that like this album is about Kanye finally moving on from this and gaining, learning how to live a better life based on what his mom has taught him and like truly realizing like all of these lessons and becoming this person who's ready to carry on her legacy, uh, which makes No Child Left Behind like such an amazing last song. Here I am getting into the yep. analysis ahead of time. But <laughs> like the idea that like, again, child, is like both him and his own kids like thinking about what Donna represents what she represented what she represents from heaven and then like now what she represents with with Kim in the picture like and you know all of Connie's talk on the last few albums of like becoming a kid again and like uh getting rid of your ego this idea that you're moving forward like as a child and like how you move forward with your own children like all of that like again it, it's this album when they say it's the album of life like it kind of is like it's this album that Kanye needed to make where he, he's having this reckoning and he's finally facing all of these things that maybe he's never fully uh faced before at least in artistically in front of everybody like this it's it's a deeply personal album that um is gonna i think it's just gonna take a lot of work from us <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh and I think that there's, I mean, clearly people have responded well to it so far, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I'm surprised by that, my, actually. Yeah, my first tweet being like, this is a like 10,000 out of 10, right? Like people weren't clowning on it the way they were with Jesus yeah. King when I was like, Jesus King is a 10 out of 10. They're like, yeah. you're mad. Uh. <laughs> like, I'm ahead of the curve. Uh, but it will be curious to see, not that we really care about reviews, but just how does the broader public start to respond to it? Like, how do people, after two weeks, respond to it? Where does this start to settle uh, into everybody's rankings? It's just, how are things going to shake up? Yeah. Shake out. I definitely don't expect <clears throat> much from that, like, broader standpoint. 
Like, I don't expect anything like when My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out. And even though the entire world hated Kanye, apparently, at the moment, like, they were all willing to give him 10s out of 10 and say it's, yeah. like, one of the best albums ever. I feel like Kanye, just the where our culture's at, and especially with Kanye not helping himself by, like, bringing the baby and Marilyn Manson out, like, kind of shot himself in the foot. Not that he cares, but if we're considering, like, that cultural impact and that broader perspective outside of just, like, hip-hop and Kanye fans, I can't see it having that much of an impact and that might even work in its favor because i don't think it's an album that's really i don't know it's not exactly like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy which which like we said is this display of like power and skill like this is a very meditative personal experience that kind of is for fans and people who want to understand Kanye where he's at so um i guess more broadly and critically i i don't think it really matters no, definitely doesn't matter, but I think it is curious. Yeah, um, I mean, you I could see think, people like giving it really high scores and stuff. I mean, it it, it does sound incredible. Well, that's you mentioned uh, kind of shooting himself in the foot with the baby and Marilyn Manson, and that's exactly what happened with the the first review that I saw uh, posted today was by the Independence, and the reviewer said that they had to give the album a zero. <laughs> A zero rating they couldn't award it any stars whatsoever because they couldn't possibly give a like anything resembling like a point to an album that had Marilyn Manson on it and that's definitely set people off and there's serious conversation uh, under it of people saying like good for you I agree this is like the right decision like we shouldn't reward this and then of course very angry fans being like, why did you just recuse yourself? Why did you recuse yourself and write about why you recused, recused yourself? Why not focus on the music and the arts, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then people kind of taking it too far with personal attacks and on Twitter, just saying like, yeah, oh. saying cruel things. Um, but that's, I think after the second listening party, people were genuinely wanting to root for Kanye and the album. Mm -hmm. um, and if the album just would have come out then, or even after Chicago, if it would have come out, if it would have been similar to LP2, but just by that one choice of including right. uh, Baby and Manson, and we've talked about it a lot, like we understand the artistic reason Kanye would do something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, the same way we understood why he put the naked wax figures in the famous video. Right. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's just one of those things where it turns the public against him. And now you're going to have reviews that aren't comfortable at all with looking at the music and want to make a statement on like the decision making and the person and... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how people respond to that over time as well. It's so crazy thinking about that whole culture juxtaposed with you and I, where you and I have always written about movies and like take a much more objective, removed look at a movie. I mean, obviously, there's always personal stuff when it comes to like any art you're evaluating, like that all comes out through the writing and you're conscious of things like Kanye did for any filmmaker you're talking about but at the end of the day like 
there's something so pure and um, eye-opening from both, both a personal and like broader level, like societally and like artistically to just look at a piece of art and try to figure it out and what a person is doing and what it says about the person. That's how you and I have always been, I think. And mm-hmm. um, to see people really not doing that of Kanye. And again, like they don't need to, like, like you're saying, like ev- anybody who's writing about Kanye has every right to write about him and his actions any way they want. Like he should be accountable for the things he does. And I think Kanye, he's fully ready to be held accountable because he doesn't care. So <laughs> you write about him all you want and cancel him. Like he doesn't seem to care. Um, but people like people just aren't on the level. I think we're on with evaluating Kanye's music and they're always going to bring those perspectives in. I even remember when U2 released their album, um, Songs of Innocence, and they did that thing where like they just uploaded it to everybody's iTunes. Like that pissed off people so much that you couldn't read a single review that talked about the actual music on that album. Every review was just like <laughs> panning it and talking about how annoying U2 is, blah, blah, blah. And if people are going to get like that mad and upset about that and not even be able to look at the music, like, Kanye is just kind of, he's kind of trapped in that space. Like he's always going to do something that pushes people a little too far and takes away from the music, which is unfortunate. And like, I do think about that sometimes when he does the kind of things he does, like bringing the baby out and everything. Um, But also like, that's the beauty of Kanye. Like he's so committed to his art and so focused on like what can bring more meaning out of his art that he doesn't really care about the people who won't look past those things and won't look at the art. Like he's very much like he's a true artist in that sense is he's thinking about the message and what people can take away. So if you will put in that work, which you and I will do, then I think more will open up. But if you're paying attention to like stuff like the independent review, which again is fair, like people can write that stuff. And, and a lot, I think a lot of people appreciate articles like that. Uh, but if you're just paying attention to that, I just don't think you're going to get much out of the, like the critical response to him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things too. It's like, yeah, it's a whole conversation around ha- like, when does art go too far? And is there a line an artist can cross that we all agree that's too far for the sake of art? Right. And like that line is going to be different for every single person. And I completely get why, as you're saying, somebody might not want to review it based on that. But then at the same time, like there is a conversation about, well, let's talk about the art because it's there. Yeah. And that's what we'll do with this album. Absolutely. And I think that's, so when I think about the independent review, like I don't get that mad because like Connie should be held accountable for that and called out for that. And, and also because I know there are two different spaces. There are people doing that and there are a lot of people who need to read those kinds of articles, but there are also people who want to understand the art. And for those people, Chris and I are here for you. Yep. And <laughs> yeah, I think that's been, you mentioned like reviews of Kanye's, like us being on a different level. And I don't know. It's weird to me because as you're saying, like we come from movie criticism and movie mm-hmm. reviews rather than being like music reviewers and one of the things that's always kind of jumped out to me and in some ways weirded me out about music reviews is how much the review tends to focus on 
the artist right. rather than the work. Because if you try to put Fight Club in terms of David Fincher and David Fincher's life, it would be a little ridiculous. If you tried to put Indiana Jones in terms of like Spielberg and Spielberg's life, it's a little ridiculous. And yes, those are fictional and albums tend to have more of a personal touch to them in general. But at the same time, albums are still performances. They're still performative. They're still often like saying something about the world and not necessarily always saying something about the artist. So when I see a review that's just kind of talking about the artist biography for the most part and putting right. every song in context of the artist biography, I always find it a little strange and it's just like, I wish more music reviewers would take more of a film or even book review approach. It's just like, I think the, the formal aspects of the music industry trip me up right. a little bit in general, like music awards, I think are the most superficial uh, like the Grammys usually go to people that sold the most, right? right. Or even the nominations, uh, where you look at the top prizes in film and literature, and they tend to go to like most artistic projects. Right. I feel like just a lot of the artistry that goes beyond declarative statements or production uh, gets lost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Like, it's funny because you what you were saying about, like, filmmakers and, like, how rid ridiculous it would be to, like, fit it into, like, their biography, like, Indiana Jones and Steven Spielberg's biography. Like, I both, uh, like, I know what you're saying, but, like, I, I'm tempted to disagree with it. I know what you're saying in the sense, <laughs> like, that is kind of ridiculous in that compared to music, it's not the same where, like you said, it's very performative and someone's personality an ideology is so wrapped up in music like openly like they're saying lyrics and like saying things they believe like like it's right there for you so it's easy to tap into and understand it like the person's right in your ear like it's a very intimate experience in a way that film mm -hmm. isn't um although i i do think you could like you could just you could even just look at a director's style and like see how it progresses over their career and like fit it into the biography like you could do that but as you're noting like it's not as easy and seems kind of ridiculous to do that in a review so because of that like that is what we get from music reviews like music kind of makes it easy for people to do that and and music is also very important historically like politically like people famous musicians like almost always have like an outward political view and like <clears throat> endorse people like people get really into it and like feel inspired by their favorite artist and Kanye can make that tough because like as progressive and with the and like uh, I think impactful his message can be like and it's probably more progressive than people realize like it isn't in line with the typical progressive message um, so it's it's hard to like totally grasp what he's doing and, and be okay with the way he goes about making his points and yeah and and as a result, you get completely savaged by the music community. <laughs> yeah. Those reviews can be... Like, the reviews of Ye and Kids See Ghost really bothered me. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's silly. They were true, like... I think, like, almost... 100% like, failures of the critic... Like, music criticism industry. Um, yeah. 
even like the reviews that were positive, I feel like weren't necessarily getting into what the album was doing in any way. It's just weird. I agree. Anyway, that's a that's an aside. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we're not talking about Donda anymore. Yeah. Um any other topics for this episode or are we saving more for uh tomorrow? I I guess just first time through the album, what were your favorite songs? Uh first time through the album favorite songs off the grid or not yeah off the grid god breathed um have jumped out to me from the get-go heaven and hell i thought after the second listening party was going to be one of the like the top three tracks for Mm -hmm. me but it feels like a little smaller in comparison than it did i don't know if he cut more from it from uh listening party two but it's not quite as like huge as it felt there Mm -hmm. um but I think those two with I either believe what I say or hurricane or no, Jesus Lord, Jesus Lord still. Yeah. Jesus Lord, man, I'm excited to work through a lot of these. I would say initially my favorites. Well, I will say when I finally got, when I sat down to finally listen to this album, almost front <clears> to back, I didn't quite make it, but hearing that Jay, cause that's, I remember listening to, the life of pop with the first time and hearing ultra light beam and like and just crying just like oh my god like just being able to be in it and experience it in that setting like is why i love connie because he always goes to that place and brings that kind of emotion out of me and i had that moment listening to jail like i've heard that j verse a bunch but this time the j verse like really hit <laughs> and he's mm. talking about donda and like jesus and moses like it, it brought me to tears i was i was so moved by it so that was a big one for me. Uh, past that, it would be, I, I definitely tapped into God Breathed in a way I did it before. And that was awesome. I'm excited to talk about that on the show. Um, I really love <laughs> Jonah. I don't think I ever realized how much I love Jonah. Yeah. I mean, would, yeah. Vori really delivers on that song. Oh, it just, it sounds like magic. Uh, I love remote control <laughs> to, to Chris's dismay. I love moon. Um, and I, and I still have come to come to life. And, and the one I'm really excited to talk about is no child left behind because while that has always like, it's been my favorite at pretty much every listening party. I think this time through with the album being as long as it is and finally getting the no child left behind, it feels more like a conclusion to me. Yeah. Like almost like an album track that closes out the album instead of being like a full song. And it was the first time I had felt that way about it. Cause like, I still love the sound of it, but I, by the end of it, I was like, Oh, I wish there was like a little more to the song. Like I wish it went to like one more place and it was like a song song. Yeah. That's so you're essentially feeling about no child left behind how I felt about God breathed. Right. Yeah. But God breathed like, did the go first, there. God breathed did go there, which I was so relieved by. Yeah. So I can imagine, yeah, the feelings that you're having with no child left behind. Yeah. Just, if there was just a little bit more to it, but it, it serves its purpose, I think. So, like, maybe adding more wouldn't be a good idea. I don't know. I'm excited to talk about it on the show. Yep. Yep, yep. Very much. And I guess next episode that we do will be starting the overall uh, expectations for the season, what we're thinking in terms of the narrative and uh, doing our formal song rankings <laughs> to kick things off. Ranking 27 songs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did not rank the uh, the part twos. Okay, that's a good idea, I think. Just pick, yeah, stick just up 23. For- 
yeah, formally disconnecting from those. Okay. Uh, maybe by the end, if we realize how important they are, we'll include them in the final rankings. Yeah. I doubt that'll happen, but... <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah, it could be famous last words for me. <laughs> All right. We got anything else to talk about? Mm-mm. Bring it home. Donda, 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 Donda. Stay wavy. Donda, 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 <laughs> Donda. Keep it looping. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.